0: Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers.
1: I'm Jeffrey London.
0: And this is Volume Up by The Tease. You know, the volume up gets me every time. It also gets my two sassy boys who have now referred to me sometimes as Volume Up by The Tease. The Tease is real. Mom is the target. (laughs) Mom's
1: always the target. Turns out, mom and dad, but mostly mom.
0: So were you able to actually work during the inauguration or were you just like, move to your TV, or...
1: All of, all of the devices, the TV, a little bit of work, and just being freaked out about everything. So, the worry about, like, the potential for an attack was there, but then also, like, the historical significance of Kamala, and that was there. So, there was a lot of things happening all at once. Um, and I'm on West Coast, you're Central. So, like, all of that was happening right when we woke up. Uh, oh. So, that was... That was alarming to be like, oh, what time is it? Oh, when is it on? Happening. What? And then, yeah. And then we're watching it happening while getting, you know, kids together.
0: Yeah. For sure. I mean, I could not get over Lady Gaga's hair. I think it stole the show in a way. It had a moment. I say. <laughs> <laughs> it th- th-
1: it had a moment for sure. Uh, it was a little sound of music. Yeah. Maybe. Uh it was also, I saw somebody talking about it being maybe inspired by Zapotec indigenous folks in Mexico with like the, the ribbon, which I thought was interesting. I've not had anybody confirm, so I'm not going to say that that's actually a point of inspo but yeah, no, it was incredible. Like it, the hair, the outfit, the singing voice, the like singing God bless voice. Lady Gaga. <laughs>
0: I always get so nervous. Are they going to remember the lines? I'd have to bring a piece of paper with me no matter what. And I think Gaga just winged it. But, you know, she's had a tad more experience than I had said things.
1: (laughs) I I, I feel like if that were me, I would have died. It similarly gives me incredible amount of anxiety to see anybody do the National Anthem live like because it's always like the possibility is there to just
0: tank. Yes.
1: And we've seen some people like Fergie. Fergie's yeah. national anthem is one for the record books, but anyway, Gaga delivered, and she delivered. She did it for America, damn it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I mean, like Gaga, we all love that. Yep. J Lo,
0: yeah, also
1: there. incredible,
0: Getting beautiful loud. hair. Yes, <laughs> she,
1: <laughs> she got loud.
0: Are we gonna do that? We're gonna we're gonna weave your lyrics in, aren't we? Oh, we just did. Yeah.
1: We're she plugged the hell out of it. I mean, she's about that branding.
0: She is. Dripping in Chanel. God love her.
1: Truly. And like the, the nude lip, the whole thing. I mean, it was like J-Lo. And then, I mean, Amanda Gorman, that incredible poem was, yeah. I don't even, like, I can't even, what did you think? You know
0: I have goosebumps even thinking about it now and how nervous. But there was no, like, sound of nervousness in her voice, but that had to have been almost impossible. But she was incredible. Rocking the hair accessory, loved it.
1: The Prada headband. Uh, And then like the the makeup was incredible. We wrote about it on the tees. check it out. Uh, Like couldn't have been more beautiful in addition to like what she said, which was, you know, so meaningful and poignant uh, for the for the moment. It, yeah, she's won. And like her following, I, not that it matters. I mean, this is very trivial in the scheme of things. But pre-inauguration was yeah. like 100,000. And then um, by night's end was like 2 million followers on Instagram, 100%. which like well deserved. Good for her. We'd love okay. to see it.
0: Those are some good metrics right there it's <laughs> speaking of you know i think there's a couple articles on the teas that talk about inauguration hair we break it down bernie did not make the cut
1: bernie did not before we get to what's trending on theteas.com, if you liked our interview with hannah diop of sienna naturals make sure to subscribe rate and review and follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube tiktok at read the teas, and send questions in to volume up at the where we will be waiting
0: Checking the inbox. They're rolling in it. Too. I'm liking it. We're liking what we're seeing.
1: Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, and on today's episode, we got to interview the hair historian, Rachel Gibson, who hails all the way over in the UK. Love technology, right? Amazing. Uh, the way that hair reflects cultural norms throughout history is incredibly fascinating to us at thetease.com. Kelly and I loved our conversation, and we know that you will love it, too. If we could have talked to her for hours, we probably would have. Uh some of the trends that she talked about were beautiful.
0: Yeah, she was incredible. I mean, everyone sounds better with the British accent. So that was Isn't that
1: the truth? Her. Jesus. Like
0: tell us more, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but she was incredible and certainly dedicating her life to the history of hair, which is fun and exciting and clearly ever-changing and very symbolic as we even noticed with the election last week.
1: So we talked about what we loved. I mean, JLo, Michelle Obama, and that moment. I mean, my God, but there were some misses. So let's maybe talk about that for a sec. Who
0: yeah, did you it.
1: think? Yeah. Who did you think? Yeah, missed the you mark? Know,
0: off the top. I think the the effort was there, but Katy Perry just didn't do it for me. Like, I just think it was too much white, a lot of fireworks we could have had the hair as a happy medium in there am i right
1: <laughs> it was a, a severe look for mm-hmm. her um I, I mean i know that like it's a new it's era for but it yeah it is. was it was it was maybe a, it was a miss yeah. uh, i think also on that list of misses uh, was demi lovato like I, i'm not sure about this this haircut Like, I, the color I, you know
0: i did go to her
1: for experimenting <laughs> okay.
0: I did a triple tank. I was like, "That's not Demi Lovato. No, it's not. Yeah. It yeah. was, mm-hmm. yeah." But yeah, was. she she tried a bold look too. So she I don't did. know. We, if we can't great. all win. I don't know if that's the time to test out a new look, but hey.
1: Unless you're Ashley Biden and you're wearing a tux,
0: the most fantastic, fantastic, menswear, tux. She. It was a swerve. God She's bless a, her. Yes. Other big news, you know, we have a celebration of our own in the industry, Naha, way to go nominees, certainly some amazing teas guests. And if you haven't checked out those podcasts, please do. The wonderful, warm, genuine Sam Villa, Tabitha Coffee, and then some just plain old friends of ours that are incredibly talented. Steven Moody with Wella, Nick Stenson, and Amon Carver with the Ulta team. They were all absolutely fantastic. And I think the creativity was leveled up this year.
1: For sure. 2020 did us dirty in a lot of ways, but not when it comes to these nominees. I mean, their submissions, like those collections are incredibly beautiful, gorgeous, like, damn. Speaking of damn, Mm. in addition to Chrissy Teigen losing a tooth at the inauguration, which, you know, that's That's
0: rough. That's my worst dang nightmare. (laughs) Not that teeth they're just going to pop out like hers did, but teeth. Yeah.
1: Teeth. Oh. What she didn't do was rock the purple wig that she had been mm-hmm. wearing. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe our listeners are familiar. Uh, if you don't follow Chrissy, I don't know what you're doing with yourselves. But <laughs> she had been experimenting with that that one filter that everybody does where it changes your hair color. And she sort of liked this lilac-y purple thing that was happening. Uh, and then all of a sudden she had a wig which she was experimenting with, which looked pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but it's not survived. Uh, mm-hmm. She was definitely not wearing that. So yeah. what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? On- I
0: mean, I like a good wig or I love extensions. I, I love the ability to change things up. I mean, she probably just thought it was a touch too bold for inauguration, although it was in the trending purple shades. So probably it probably- Bipartisan,
1: it could have healed the nation. Like-
0: yeah, she maybe just didn't want the spotlight. Just thought, you know what, not today.
1: <laughs> so generous of you, of you, Chrissy. Good, good, good. Take a day off. <laughs> Someone who didn't take a day off is Bernie's yeah. publicist. I mean,
2: oh. mm-hmm.
1: God bless. And,
0: and the fantastic woman who knitted the mittens, because I bet her orders are through the roof. Do you think that Bernie gets a kick out of the memes, or is totally irritated by them?
1: I feel like the guy's got a sense of humor. Okay. I mean, he's he's like a crotchety old dude, but like, right? <laughs> like, I feel like once you kind show of. up in the places that he's shown, he like broke the internet yesterday. He did. So he's got to love that. I would love it.
0: I mean, I felt like I really wanted to regram some of them, but then I thought. Oh, like that wasn't the focus clearly but it was so damn funny so good yeah.
1: Yeah. between all of the swearing ins and that i mean yeah. you know I, I i indulged i i liked some of those that they were quite clever brands did a nice job of hopping onto that some didn't to be clear but some mm-hmm. did an excellent job so yes. <laughs> i'm sure bernie doesn't like that he was co-opted in that way
0: but you know, Consumer Electronics Show just happened and wow, I can imagine that was was very different this year not being able to physically like touch and see the devices and everything that was launching, but one I found interesting for our industry was there was something launched called Smart Salon Consultation and by a brand called Backstage. And it really is a consultation tool that allows us consumers to say, hey, stylist, this is what I'm thinking. And let me tell you about it verbally, but this also allows you to show it. So it's a touchscreen kind of TV interactive. Hey, if we put some highlights here, this is how you would look. This is what the money piece is going to look like. Here's if it's shorter. So it was really, really cool and interesting. And, you know, kudos to Backstage, the company for bringing that to to life i'm interested to see how it nets out
1: Hell yeah it sounds really of the moment and forward thinking at the same time so interesting let's see speaking of interesting things Our editorial team, as always, hard at work bringing stories across the industry. We've mentioned some as regards the inauguration, which was a huge deal. We survived. There was beauty. There was hair. Thank God. Uh, You guys should check that out. And we're going to talk a little bit about our favorites that are up on the, the site right now. So beyond the inauguration coverage, which, as we've mentioned, was extensive. There's a hair story. There's a beauty story. We covered it all. What else are you liking on the site right now? I, for one, Am really into the story about JVN, <laughs> who's going to have a hairline. Uh, JVN, Jonathan Van Ness, celebrity hairstylist slash Queer Eye, TV star slash all of the things, uh, had been partnered with Biassance, uh, and is now going to be working with them in a different capacity, not with that brand, but rather the parent company, to develop their own line. And yeah, so we covered on the site. It's coming soon, so we have as much information as is publicly known, uh, but if you're a JVN fan, you're definitely going to like that article, so you should check that one out.
0: So our friends at Matrix just dropped two new products because we are in the thick of winter hair. There's a lot of snow over here. You know the sun's shining, and shining <laughs> in LA, but not here. Like, what's
1: that like? <laughs> winter hair breakage. I wish.
0: No, you don't have that? All right. Well, us in the Midwest do, and they launched a hair mask and hair treatment, which are going to keep your strands healthy and hydrated. So it is called the Total Results Miracle Creator Multitasking Hair Mask and Hair Treatment. Read all about it on the site at thetease.com.
1: As always, so much going on in the world. We thank our editors on thetease.com. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Kelly, our interview that's coming up. Yes. With The Hair Historian.
0: Jeff, this interview is amazing. I'm excited for everybody to hear how in the weeds of the hair trends and over history and over time she gets into. And, you know, we thought it would be fun to have her on the pod just to talk about what's next. How are we going to reinvent in the future? Excited as these trends unfold in 2021 to have her back and talk about what's next. We did touch on the mullet, which... I know, Jeffrey, that you can totally get behind.
1: I love a mullet. We also (laughs) talked about money pieces. Let's see if that survives this year, if we'll look back fondly. If not, you guys are gonna love this interview. We love chatting with Rachel. Uh, And check out The Hair Historian on Instagram if you're not following already.
0: Today, we are in for a treat with our oh-so-interesting guest, Rachel Gibson. Rachel is a hair historian and editor with extensive experience working as an industry-specific editor and as the hair historian. She's the go-to hair-obsessed expert for quotes, theory, and insight into history of hair and hairdressing. She launched The Hair Historian in 2016 as an Instagram account, combining her passion for art and hair history, and has been featured pretty much everywhere as a hair expert on the BBC and in titles such as Time Vogue, Wall Street Journal, and I could go on and on. It's safe to say that we, she, not we, she (laughs) knows a thing or two about hair, and I I have to ask Rachel, at the end of your bio, it says you're also into hair
2: metal, and please tell me what you mean by that? Just any kind of 80s metal band with big hair and hairspray, big fan. Amazing.
0: (laughs) Amazing. My mom was a hairdresser and salon owner for 40 years. And so I have it deep rooted in my mind that my hair must be as high and voluptuous as possible at all times. So I have an appreciation for the big hair as well.
2: Good. Big hair is the best hair. I feel very sad that we're in lockdown number three here in London and all the salons are closed because I'm missing having big hair very much. So I feel you.
1: Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the Volume Up podcast. We are obsessed with your Instagram. To our listeners, if you're not already following, please go ahead and do that at The Hair Historian. You've got quite the history yourself in the salon professional space, but how did you become the hair historian?
2: As you mentioned very kindly in the intro, it's really just a my combination of my history of, um, I'm a fan of art history. I studied art at university. That's kind of my lifelong passion. And I also love hair and I've worked in the hair industry for just over a decade now. And I just find history so fascinating. Everything repeats itself and cultural history with things like beauty and fashion just give us such a great insight into the past that it's, it's hard not to be interested in. I think if you love this industry, like we all do, it's, you see some kind of 18th century rollers or something or like a perming rod from the Egyptian times and you just think what this is so fascinating it's hard not to get obsessed
1: where does your love for hair come from I mean were you just like day one this is something that I am piqued by like how did that come about
2: I don't really know where it started to be honest because yeah fashion and art were kind of my background and I just sort of fell into hair because when I I did um, a master's in fashion journalism and when I finished it was there weren't many jobs in journalism going there never really are and I kind of fell into a job on a, uh, a beauty magazine but writing about hair and yeah that was just over a decade ago and I've stayed there ever since and actually the longer I work in the industry and the more I think back through my past when I look at pictures that were on my reference boards or posts I had on my wall as a teenager, actually hair is always quite a central thing in them. And uh, I am starting to realize the more I time I spend in this industry, just how much I've always actually been really interested in hair. It was always lying dormant, just ready to come out.
1: So you'd mentioned the 80s and then just now the 1800s, uh, also Egypt. What is your favorite era for hair?
2: I mean, it's so hard. When you mentioned that to me earlier, I've been thinking about it all day and talking to all my friends and saying, what do you think of when you think of me? And I think actually weird that I said those two, obviously subconscious, because I do love the 80s. I love Anything Goes. I love the sort of, I love punk music. I love metal music. And they were both very much like DIY cool hair in the 80s but also 18th century sort of the 1770s when we see Marie Antoinette and all these giant hairstyles and you know those hairstyles weren't just giant for the sake of it they were using them to say something to make a point they were dressing their hairstyles with props and tools to say things um and i find that fascinating so yeah funny that i meant, i didn't even think that i was mentioning them <laughs> i just can't help it they're my two <laughs> favorites i just i like big over the top i like having you know this industry is so fun everyone in this industry is creative and fun. And I think those are two quite great examples, very different eras, very different looks, but of people being creative and having fun.
1: It's funny that you bring it up. I mean, the sort of connection, immediately I'm thinking of the Sofia Coppola, Marie Antoinette, like super punk inspired, but also like very true to the era. And yeah, anyway, love that combo, incredible. Part of your background, I mean, you, Kelly talked about this, it's so storied so much, was online education. I mean, you were really at the forefront of that. Now we understand that online education is basically inescapable, particularly for hair, given the lockdowns and shutdowns and all of that good stuff. What was your time like when you were producing those things, styling sessions online? like how do you feel like it's it's evolved? Has it like what was that like for you and where do you see it now?
2: I think it's really evolved and I, when we first started doing online education, I think it's fair to say that the hair industry was a little bit behind some other industries. you know we're an industry where we're, hands-on practical people behind the chair you're not necessarily on your phone or on a computer all day in the same way that perhaps other industries are so I initially found hair education online and this is many years ago you know it was lacking but it was behind a little bit and there wasn't quite what you know there was loads of stuff on YouTube and things but it wasn't where it is now and so we just wanted to make sure we could bring stuff to everyone because I think you know, you can do this from anywhere, you know, hairdressing is a career that can take you all over the world. And just because you're not near your nearest academy doesn't mean you can't be learning. So I think it's come on leaps and bounds in the sort of six years or so since I was there and have left. And yeah, we just really wanted to make it accessible to everyone. And I think we're definitely kind of at the forefront of online hair education being done in a slightly different way and kind of making it really slick. And the big thing we always tried to do was talk about the why, not just you know, there's so many great people out there that can teach you how to cut hair. There is millions of people that can do that and do it really, really well. But what we wanted to talk about, because it was mostly sessions dining, was talking about how do you interpret a brief? How do you work with a team? What do you say to an agent to make them want to have a meeting with you? So we were kind of talking about all the other, the 90% of things that no one teaches you that you have to pick up as you go along. We wanted to sort of demystify that.
0: I love that too, because I think it's interesting kind of those, it sounds like even the soft skills that, you know, you need to suss out. Like you mentioned, would an agent want to work with you or when we're, we're creating content and looking at who's going to be doing hair and makeup. I mean, they can make it a very smooth process if they're sort of trained and understand the brief and things, or it can kind of hold up that production. So I think that is a brilliant thing to really dive into and teach.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, it is the kind of thing that, prior to fairly recently, you just had to learn on the job. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that and nothing can replace experience. But if someone can give you a helping hand and say, actually, here's kind of how to frame an email if you're contacting an agent out of the blue, just giving you some starting points so that you're not going at it completely cold because it is really, really hard. And there's so many people that want to do it and it is difficult to stand out. So any kind of support we can give people to help them break into that space is definitely valuable. And I just, yeah very passionate about coming, making the industry a bit more open and those kind of upper echelons that are kind of closed off it doesn't need to be that way it, we can kind of share and i really do think social in the last few years has really helped with that but at this point sort of maybe six or so, six seven years ago i do think there was even then it was still a little bit more closed off than it is now
0: So as we as we embark on the the next sort of topic of the history of hair, I mean, we could throw out Bridgerton, uh, you know, references (laughs) of the queen sort of all day, right? But, you know, beauty and fashion trends, you know, they reflect culture and the values at the time. And it's been fun to take a look back at some of those with our Netflix binging. (laughs) Um, But what makes in your opinion makes hair a great lens to look at history like what is it telling us how does it define those moments and 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 how does that come to life as we look to the
2: past uh, well, first of all massive bridgerton fan <laughs> <laughs> right
0: i'm on like i'm only a couple episodes in but i i find Wait, myself around
2: five that's what oh. that's when it will get you <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah well hair is really interesting to me i think hair is kind of the great leveler you know unlike fashion which is Typically, being kind of a bit more restrictive, either in terms of cost or size or sure. accessibility to things. We all have hair, for the most part, and it's easy to an extent to do things with yourself at home. You don't have to be paying loads of money necessarily. So, hair has been is something that we can all do, which I think is what makes it interesting. And you know, the other thing with hair yeah. is that it's so closely linked to culture to religion to society the more you kind of dig into it there are so many reasons why people do things to their hair and it, it's rare that it's just it just kind of feels nice i want to do that it's like the famous devil wears prada scene with the, the, the blue cardigan right it's the same with hair it's, oh, like it's-
0: cerulean
2: right wasn't it
0: cerulean, cerulean. Yep. Yep. come on yep. you you picked that out of a bargain basement shopping somewhere
2: Exactly right so you know often yeah the hair is the same and I think it's really interesting it tells us so much about people and what was going on at the time perhaps less so now we're in a society where kind of anything goes which is great but you know even taking something example of you know if you were a woman you had to wear your hair up when after you were like 16 years old up until really the sort of the 1920s for the entirety of history which is pretty wild and it also means that we can tell what's going on in you know, it gives you a really good indicator immediately when you look at somebody and historically even more so their hair tells you just as much about their status or their job or them, their politics, their marital status, where they are in society. All of these things we can kind of tell from, from hair, which to me is fascinating. Right. Is there one
0: kind of era that, you know, I think we covered like the 90s, a little bit of 80s sprinkled in there. But if we go farther back in history, is there one sort of era or look that you are just obsessed with that you have dove into from a history standpoint?
2: Uh, I mean, there's just so many. It's really difficult to choose (laughs) one. (laughs) But I just love the fact that people have always been doing things to their hair. I think it's kind of the idea that you know since time began people have colored their hair because they wanted to look like somebody else or because they wanted to copy a trend people have cut their hair people have always done this none of this is new people have always done this and there's you know you look back into ancient rome and people used gold dust to get blonde hair which i just think is fabulous (laughs) it's beyond fabulous
0: let's be real i mean we're sprinkling ourselves with gold dust
2: i know (laughs) and but also yeah the idea that people were having fun with their hair as well they weren't just doing you know there is a lot that you would have to wear your hair a certain way if you were a certain rank of person or depending on your status but also people just wanted to have fun with their hair do interesting things and try new things and i think that's what's fascinating it, you know some of the earliest artifacts found on the planet are combs and hair clips and things because people are interested in dressing their hair and doing their hair
1: so i mean speaking of sort of hair and beauty trend coming back uh, everything we just talked about the 90s is here again um but slightly different uh for example the hair clips and accessories and all of these good things. One of the things that we've been binging a lot, at least at the tease, is The Crown. Uh, Much has been written about The Crown, particularly this series, this season, um, with Diana coming to the fold. There's been much ado about the wigs that were used and not quite nailing the look of her hair. What do you think about like that specific time, like, and her hair back in the eighties? And maybe why it's difficult to recreate sort of now, 30 years after the fact.
2: I think something like, you know, Diana's haircut and a lot of the haircuts at that time were more cuts. And, you know, I think that's kind of a differentiation that's made is so much. We have a lot these days, a lot, basically everyone wants long hair now, right? There's so much long hair and it's about hairdressing and hair styling. And that's a skill set in itself. And it's, difficult to get right so all credit to people doing that but I think a lot of those kind of 80s cuts in particular particularly kind of British haircuts at the time you know your Trevor Sorby's and your Sassoon's were doing these cuts in the 80s that were incredibly technically difficult cuts and it wasn't just about like a blow dry on the hair it's like the hair had been cut in such a way that that's how it worked so you have like the five cut and Diana's hair and I kind of also think about Farah Fawcett hair you know they were cut in a specific way. It wasn't just that someone was able to style it in such a way. And even actually a bit more recently, like the Jennifer Aniston cut, I remember reading an interview with Chris McMillan or, or maybe it was with Jennifer Aniston. One of them saying, you know, that hair had to be blow dried in such a way for the cut to look good. The two works completely in tangent with each other. So yeah, I think it's, it's about cutting skills for styles like that. And um, I mean, also it's just big eighties hair, which I'm big fan of obviously. <laughs>
1: All the hairspray. Um, one of our editors recently worked with you, um, in fact, on an article about Black hair as protest throughout the years. Um, how does history and political environment affect hair? When, beyond maybe like civil rights within the States, um, has it been at its strongest impact, that sort of intersection of hair as protest?
2: I think there's a couple of things that kind of stand out to me that are really interesting, um, both kind of involving women and the emancipation of women. So as I kind of touched on really up until sort of the 1910s 1920s if you were a woman you had to have long hair and you had to wear it up once you were sort of post 16 and kind of ready to put on the marriage market you just had to have long hair and wear it in a certain way otherwise no one would marry you and so when women started cutting their hair short you know we think of the 1920s but it was a little bit earlier than that you know that was outrage people there was you know people were suing hairdressers for cutting their daughter's hair like this was you, you would not get married if you had short hair. You know, it become it's such a, it had never been, in Western society this is, it had never been done before. And people were just completely shocked and horrified by it. But actually it was women saying, you know, your long hair isn't, you have this long hair so that men will want to marry you because you look feminine. It's basically it bundled up into short. And it's, you know, obviously not everyone fits into that tiny little box or wants to do that. So the fact that women were cutting their hair off and making themselves unmarriageable in speech marks. You know, it's, it was wild. And I find that absolutely fascinating. Obviously, with trends like that, you then get products coming, getting developed off the back of it. Things like blow dryers for use at home lots of kind of technological developments and product developments happen off the back of something like that. So I think that's fascinating. And then you see it again in the 1960s when you have the Vidal Sassoon Bob and again, women cutting their hair short. Because we had this whole period in sort of, I think 1950s of you know women going to the hairdresser for their weekly wash and blow dry, getting their hair set and that was time out of your week that you had to commit to you couldn't not do that if you wanted to be seen as respectable and so for you know when Sassoon cut that bob he talked about wanting to free up women's time and allowing women to have the freedom to wash and go and wash the hair at home and just not think about it so he was really freeing you up from this like three hours a week that you would have to spend sitting in a salon chair and that meant you could have a job or you know do something else imagine that and I mean obviously I love spending three hours in the salon that's like my favorite time but that's because these days it's more of like a treat thing it's not like I have to be seen like this to pass in society as a respectable woman but um you know I think those moments when We're seeing people doing something that kind of goes against the grain, which actually changes their lives and the lifestyles and how we see people, and also just the fact that again, it was a real again in the 60s when all these women started having really short hair. Again, it's quite a shock to people. So, yeah, they're they're two of my kind of favourite political moments.
1: Amazing. And we touched about this sort of earlier um, in our conversation about today, people are free to do really whatever they'd like to do with their hair. Um, and there's such incredible freedom. Um, and with social media in particular, we're documenting sort of radical transformations that people are undergoing at an individual level. Um, but it's a level of documentation that we've never seen before in history. So how do you think that social media, particularly Instagram and selfies are going to impact how we study hair in the future.
2: I think it's really interesting. As you say, you know, it's not unusual to take two or three photos of yourself every single day and put them on the internet, which is from a historical perspective is incredible because it's giving us so much content. But then I guess, you know, every hairdresser knows what it's like to have someone come into the salon with like hair that's quite clearly a wig or a filter (laughs) so I do think you know in 100 years time historians might be looking back being like wow what were they doing with hair dye in those days that were enabling people to make such drastic changes when you know we're all just obsessed with filters and things so I think we kind of have to take it with a bit of a pinch of salt I suppose because it's not necessarily an accurate representation of what's happening everywhere but it's it feels very exciting to me that we will have access to just hundreds of images and I think increasingly during lockdown I have noticed and I think we're only going to get more of this that kind of the idea of trends is disappearing and we're getting more into this place where people are just doing what they want which I think is incredible and I love it from a editor point of view it's annoying that there aren't trends to <laughs> neatly tie up and write that <laughs> but I do think it's amazing that people are just kind of doing whatever they want now and I think when we look back that'll be really interesting about this era because even you know, I'm in my thirties and even in my twenties, I feel like there was very defined haircuts and hair trends that take boxes. Whereas now, if you looked back on 2020, I feel everyone was doing something completely different. So that's, it, it, it'll it be difficult I'm sure, but it'll be interesting.
0: Like for example, Jeffrey, how many colors of hair did you have in 2020?
1: I think five or six. So I, I was very quick to adopt the buzz cut in quarantine and then I bleached it of course. And then I was blue and then I was green and then I was purple, like all of the colors. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, thinking 100 years out, what do you think people are going to say about 2020, 2021? Uh, is it the mullet that's going to be sort of thought about most, the money piece? Like, what are your predictions?
2: I mean, I think from lockdown, it's definitely the buzz cut. <laughs> but also, I one of the, if we're talking kind of, not necessarily trends, but trends in what people are thinking, the natural curl curls, texture, everyone is rocking their natural texture which is fantastic and I think you know I was talking to a friend of mine who she was like I really discovered my curls during lockdown because she'd kind of been you know it it takes time it takes effort but actually having that time and effort at home and not necessarily having to see people gives you time to try things out so I think curls definitely I think pink hair or Pastels, color hair, again, not having to show up in an office looking a certain way has probably given us the freedom to do it. There has been so much pastel hair, which I love. Um, over here in the UK, the money piece is like everywhere. <laughs> I don't think I open Instagram without seeing like a hundred. I, I love it, I think it looks cool, but it's um that's definitely been the big thing. Um, and yeah, the mullet, in again, in London, We love the mullet. I have seen so many mullets and I think they look fantastic. I love a mullet, Um, not just because of my 80s obsession, but I just think a really beautifully cut mullet is actually such a gorgeous haircut. I'm a big fan of a mullet. Whether or not it will become a big mainstream trend, I guess, remains to be seen. But yeah, there's a lot of mullets in London right now and I'm here for it i think I'm jeffrey's there for it too
1: <laughs> i was gonna say if only i could go outside and see people i'm all about the mullet i'm i'm with you on that one whether or not it is going to stand the test of time as being like the haircut who knows but like whenever it's around it's a thing of beauty
2: a good zoom hacker because it's literally the party in the back right from the front get, totally normal no one knows what's going on back there
1: no, I deeply I'm... regret cutting my hair simply because I can't have a mullet. Like if I, <laughs> if only I had the patience and then the sort of foresight to, you know, but alas.
0: But Jeffrey, when, how would we know if secretly you are growing a mullet back there? I mean, I guess you how really would wouldn't don't?
1: like a baby mullet. Maybe that's we the next just thing for me.
0: Let it, let it happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As should we all. Uh, amazing.
0: We have a few questions that we ask all of our guests and we want just your quick take- Hot second, what you think kind of your your direction on, on where we're going with those. So so the first one, we're gonna throw a zinger in there. Bar soap or body wash? Body
2: wash. I don't like getting slimy soap hands. True. Yeah. I, I think we've yet to find a bar soap, right, Jeff?
1: There's gonna be one person though, one. and that's gonna be the day. It's gonna be a anyway. I think
2: it's gonna be Irish Spring. Remember that? Soap.
0: That's a
1: classic. <laughs> In the I feel like anyway. it's probably
2: the more sustainable option. I just don't like touching <laughs> slimy soap. Yeah, it's gross. Exactly. All right. We're with you. Okay. We talked a little bit about streaming,
0: but what are you streaming right now? Whether it is podcasts, Netflix, Hulu, you name it. What, what are you watching?
2: Uh, well, Yoga with Adrian, obviously everyone's favorite YouTube. I do yoga with right. Adrian. I was not really a yoga fan. Then I started doing it in lockdown and mm-hmm. I've done like nearly a year of like daily yoga now so wow. got with adrian love bridgerton as mentioned great hair in Bridgerton. those guys have done an incredible job on that that's about it you've you've burned we'll take through it. everything else
0: same okay what is one product you're loving right now obsessed with loving it doesn't have to be hair beauty it can be literally anything
2: well, from a hair perspective, the Bumble and Bumble have a hair crayon in red, which they have no, they no longer make it, but I have a contact on the inside who's sent me a supply. Amazing. And I have very red hair and I have very gray roots and this little crayon, you just draw on your parting and there is no more roots and I love it. And um, yeah, I don't, when they reformulated it, they didn't seem to do a red, but my, my contact has sent me a supply. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> the perks of being in the biz. Amazing, good for you. <laughs>
2: I bet you use it sparingly too, especially <laughs> like how much backstock do you have? I have like three of them, but mm-hmm. I'm literally doing my hair. I wash my hair like once a week and I will like blow dry it and then I'll just do the parting. So if my hair was to be parted any other way or worn up- Not working. But if it's in that one specific just <laughs> fine.
0: I love it. All right. Bumble and bumble. Let's get after that. (laughs) All right. Real talk words of advice for anyone who wants to get to the quote unquote top of our industry um, or if they want to make history in our industry.
2: I feel like, I mean, this is kind of obviously my passion is history, but I just feel like never stop learning and keep your eyes open to things and kind of just be curious and look into what you're doing and read widely, watch TV widely, you know, stay educated. And I think headdressing, people in headdressing are so great at going on courses and educating themselves and upskilling yourself, which is fantastic. But I personally think it's really important to educate yourself kind of around the business too. So for me, I love history. So that's me, but you know, whether that's photography or I don't know, social media, whatever it is you're interested in, you know, but never stop learning, just keep educating yourself and, and kind of keep, keep open to looking at different things. The more more other non-hair stuff you do, I think is only going to benefit your craft to to kind of be aware. Agree. Making sure that you're well-rounded and you're continuing to
0: grow. So love that. Final one is 2021 predictions for the salon professional or hair industry. Let's hear it. Where are we going? What's 2021 20, going
2: to be? <laughs> yeah, mullets! <laughs> no, I think, I mean, mullets, yes, I hope we see lots more of them, but I think the thing that's going to be really interesting, and what I keep seeing over here, is this idea of just like making the salon like a really special experience. We all love going to get our head in any way, but lockdown has kind of made people really miss their hairdressers, but also people have turned to doing DIY cuts and colors and things, so if you want to entice them back into the salon and keep your business going, I think it's really important that you make that salon experience a really special one, so what What that looks like for your salon is going to be different for everyone, whether it's like a really holistic spa kind of experience that makes it a very special thing or whether it's just you're a really good friend to your clients and you stay in touch with them. I think to keep this industry going, to keep businesses doing really well, you have to have a point of difference and you have to make the salon, the in-salon experience a really special one. And that's not just doing great service because that comes as standard these days. It's what you're doing above and beyond that to make your salon somewhere that people are desperate to go back to as soon as they can.
1: And God, I want to go back to a salon. The way that you're talking about oh, it yeah. is exactly.
2: <laughs> We're hoping the, like a February, maybe February we can reopen. So let's see. Yeah.
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers, toes, all the things crossed. Uh, well, Rachel, before we go, how can our listeners find out more about all of things that you're up to, all of your work?
2: <laughs> go follow the hair historian on instagram that's where everything's happening normally there's lots of nice kind of instagram stories from art galleries and things but that's not happening right now <laughs> obviously but there's lots of cool stuff on there that hopefully you'll find interesting and i absolutely love talking to hairdressers so i always say, feel free to dm me ask me questions i love talking about hair and we'll talk about hair anytime with anyone so feel free to reach out because i'm always happy to talk
1: Amazing. Listeners, be sure to do that. And please go follow The Hair Historian. So much eye candy. Incredible insights. Love that account. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your time. We really, really, really appreciate you joining us today. Certainly from the UK, different time zone, all of that good stuff. Thank you again. Really, really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure.
1: What an interview. I mean... We could have talked to her forever. I think towards the end when we were talking about the current trends, like let's see how that survives if we look back at that and we are happy about the decisions that we made or if we are going to regret that immensely. Uh, I thought when she was talking about, you know, we lived through this moment of being able to document everything on Instagram. Like what is that going to be like when we know intimately how brutal some of the styles were? Like that,
0: I don't know. There's solid documentation. <laughs> Whereas before, like
1: oil painting. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Representation and interpretation of the hair and the style and the trend back then. But she breaks it down. She broke it down, I should say. Um, and again, excited to have her back on um, another time in 2021.
1: Yeah, let us know if you guys have topics that you think would be interesting to cover. We talked a little bit about maybe thinking about unpacking the uh, TV or a movie that's, that's trending or relevant. Uh, but we'd be curious to hear if you guys have a specific moment in time or hair trend that you liked that we could maybe talk to Rachel about.
0: So we made it, we made it into past January 20th, 2021, and we are moving forward in a positive way. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited for us to all get back together again. And maybe next time you see me, I shall wear something purple as well because it was the statement color at the inauguration.
1: But I'd love to see you in purple, (laughs) Kelly. Mostly because then you wouldn't be in black.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know if I have any purple. So again I'll let (laughs) go. But here we go. We're off to a great 2021. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTease. And send in questions to volumeup at theteas.com. We're watching our inbox.
1: And we will send replies promptly. See. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jobberand. Thank you to our creative team, Kay Reynolds and Haley Hefner, for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so that you can watch and listen on YouTube.